Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 482 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show, we're talking about the Improlectuals. It's coming to the arena on the 4th of October. Finding out all about that, we'll be hearing from South Dust Musical Theatre ahead of their production of Top Hat, which is on the Grand from the 9th to the 13th of October. More from the Grand in a moment or two's time, too. Uh, we will have Sam Callahan on the line having a chat about his latest single. He's got a brand new track on its way out very, very soon. And we're talking about an audio book which looks at a Harry Potter exhibition that was recently on at the British Library. Finding out about that one too. But first of all, David Walliams' awful auntie is live on stage from Wednesday the 26th through to Sunday the 30th of September. To be an awful auntie, you've got to be a very special person, hopefully not too awful. Richard James, you've got the job. Are you a nice person? Oh, oh well, I'd like to think so. You'd have to ask the people I'm working with. Well, off stage to on stage could well be very different here because Aunt Alberta isn't the nicest of people. No, you're right. Aunt Alberta is completely awful. She's certainly awful to her niece, Stella, uh, who wakes up uh, one day after seemingly been in a coma for months, completely wrapped up in bandages and unable to move. Uh, turns out that uh, her awful auntie might have something to do with it. All intriguing stuff. Now, mm. these David Wallian mm. books are hugely popular, and having seen Gangster Granny on stage, I know exactly why. Amazingly entertaining stories, well-written, and just the sort of thing that kids want to be both reading about and seeing on stage. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think he sold something like 25 million books. They've been translated into a variety of different languages. He frequently tops the bestsellers charts. It's amazing. I mean, we're always, you know... Uh, very uh, aware of the fact it's quite a responsibility very often it's the first books that these children have, have read and very often this is their first trip to the theatre so uh, in many ways we feel quite a responsibility but of course they know the stories when they come and see them that's a great thing so uh, they want to see the, these tales unfold on stage in front of them but it is I say about that responsibility because you've got to bring to life in 3D the characters they've seen in their mind's eye and kids minds yeah. are so powerful you've got a lot to live up to Oh, yes, absolutely. And they do let you know if you've got it wrong. I mean, <laughs> thankfully, I don't think we have because they, they, they roar with laughter and they boo and they hiss and uh, they, they really do get involved. They didn't hold anything back. And these stories have always got maybe something of a bit of a, a moral tale to them, but a bit skewed yeah. as well to, to, uh, to, to make you think about what's actually happening in the story. And I, I'm guessing that works really well on stage as, as it does in the books. Oh, absolutely, that's right. I mean, uh, Williams is often compared to Roald Dahl, and I think there is a similar uh, similarity there in that very often it's the children who act like adults and the adults who act like children. <laughs> certainly in this particular case, Awful Auntie is a child. She behaves like a child, whereas Stella, who's only um, 12, I think, in the show, um, you know, grows up quick and has to be the adult. So tell us something of your cast colleagues. Well, we have playing Stella, we have Georgina Leonida, who... Uh, uh, listeners might know from the uh, Harry Potter films. She played Katie Bell in a couple of the Harry Potter films. Um, older listeners who grew up watching Basil Brush about ooh, 10, 12, 15 years ago might remember her from the Basil Brush show. She played Molly. Mm -hmm. um, we also have um, Ashley Cousins playing Soot, who is our friendly ghost who haunts Saxby Hall. Now, if you saw Gangster Granny, you'll remember him as Ben, uh, the grandson. Ah. Uh, because he toured with that for a couple of years previous to this and went into the West End with this as well. Um, and then we have Roberta Bellacom, who plays Wagner the Owl. So we actually bring to life an owl on stage in front of your very eyes. I'm loving uh, it. And then, 
Yeah, and finally we have uh, we have Harry Sutherland who plays Gibbon, the crusty and mad old butler. So it's quite a cast. There's only five of us, but uh, quite eccentric. Yeah, work hard, eccentric, and uh, telling uh, an amazing story with lots of twists, yeah. turns, and yeah. it's going to yeah entertain you on every level. I think. Well, we hope so. Absolutely. I mean, we're going down a storm. We've been on the road now for just over a year. Uh, we're shortly to hit our 400th performance, so we're well in our stride. And, uh, yeah, audiences up and down the country have been loving it. Well, I do, I'm sure we're going to absolutely adore this when it comes to Wolverhampton. So Wednesday the 26th through to Sunday the 30th of September. Awful Auntie on stage at the Grand. Various showtimes. It is worth checking out because there are shows mm. suitable for schools to attend. And then there's the evening yeah. performances, which you can all book along to and take the whole family. So uh, do make sure yeah, you get yourself right. booked in. Work out what's going to be best for you. Grandtheatre.co.uk has all the details on the dates and curtain uptimes and you can call the box office on 01902 429212 but Richard James Aunt Alberta the awful auntie thank you for joining us you're very welcome in a moment Sue's time we'll have a chat with Sam Callaghan all about his brand new single but first of all let's listen to one of his earlier tracks Yeah. 
There's a brand new single on the way, Stitches and Scars, and he joins me now to tell me all about it. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Hello. I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Now, last time I saw you was in person, and it's when you were in Wolverhampton performing at the uh, Wolves promotion party, and you've had yes. a summer of festivals. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Um, I mean, that was a, a kind of a good start to, uh, to to the summer of festivals, but um, I think that was that was one of the biggest ones that, that I did all year. Um, it was it was crazy. Thousands of thousands of people. Um, and yeah, the support has been has been crazy this year. It's it's nice to kind of get involved and get invited to uh, perform at festivals, um, you know, rather than just some some of the kind of more ordinary gigs that I do day to day. So uh, yes, it's fast, fantastic. It's a good year. And it's been absolutely massive with all the music that's been out there. I mean, this isn't your first single this year, is it? No, this is uh, this is going to be my my third single this year, which is great. You know, it's been it's been for a long time that I've been like, you know, I want to release music again and again and again and again, um, and I just haven't uh, unfortunately been able to line that up and, and and really get going with it until until this year. So. Uh, this is going to be my third one this year, and um, and yeah, it's been it's gone great. We had my first top 100, um, and it's nice because it's one thing finding my sound; it's a totally different thing um, being able to show it to people, get them to discover me as well as I'm discovering it, you know, and and to actually be able to say the things that I've had to say mm-hmm. um, and been able to say by you know by expressing it through my music because. Um, until you actually release it and show people you're not being able to to express that you know so it's it's uh it's, it's an amazing feeling and it is something you've created you've gone out there you've got a great team working with you on the sound uh i think the look you mostly work on yourself uh and then the, the rest <laughs> of it all kind of comes together yeah yeah um i guess i mean i think there's a lot of uh a work behind the scenes that that you know the rest of the world doesn't get to see um sitting there and you know and and speaking to you guys and 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 you know getting it on the radio and doing this and doing Mm -hmm. that um as an independent artist uh you do do about 100 different people's jobs (laughs) um but uh but you know it's all it's all part of it for me and and i think that uh the end outcome and and when it does well when you know when we get a good reaction um it's so much more rewarding uh because of those reasons you know because i because i do a lot of it um myself and because i sit there and do the hard work and the graft and stuff um it's all it's all kind of enjoyable it's all uh, yeah i love it it's definitely worth it <laughs> uh, and obviously the the videos are out there as well and, and not just the music videos but you're also doing uh, blogs and, and the like on youtube your youtube channel's getting thousands of hits and again that gives people an insight into what actually goes into producing this music yeah definitely um i think that's a nice thing about blo- about vlogging because um you know we have twitter we have facebook we have instagram 
Um, and I put a lot of content out. But I, I do a lot in my life, not just music, like other stuff as well. And I'm very fortunate to have a lot of the opportunities that, that I have. Um, and they are interesting. So I think uh, vlogging for me has always just been a way of um, putting mass content out that I wouldn't otherwise be able to show people. Um, so I get to show them what I do here and what I do there. Um, I share the great times and also some of the not so great times um, in my vlogs as well. So, um, yeah, I think it just it's a way also of, of making people know the real Sam and, and you know, that life's not always just, you know, glitz and glam and, and the stuff that we always put on, on Instagram, you know, because I think um, it's it can be very dangerous, social media. A lot of people um, can end up having expectations for their self that aren't realistic because of the things that they see from artists like myself um because it is what you know you post what what is what's good yeah. like you know who who doesn't so um but it's nice on the vlogs where you can kind of be like ah oh, this happened to me today do you know what i mean and it's not such a positive thing and you, and and people actually get to realize that you're real and that you know life happens to sam too yeah. <laughs> and, and lots of it I mean, the amount of videos you're putting out there there is plenty uh, going on and uh, you know, what, what are your hopes and aspirations you had towards the end of 2018 um you know what just uh, for this year um i'm glad with the way the music's gone i've had some amazing gigs i've got panto again at the end of the year which is always going to be fun cool. <laughs> um but yeah i think it's it's almost lining everything up for next year mm. um I've got ideas, you know, to to create an album. Um, I'm in the studio creating an album at the moment and writing and stuff. Um, it's just about kind of how I go about releasing it is going to be the, the different things. I haven't done an album yet um, before. I want to do much more of the festival stuff like I did uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we'll do another thing in Wolverhampton. With Fingers you guys crossed, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I you know, I want to do a lot more gigging. I want to make a lot more music and... And ultimately, that's that's the goal. Wake up every day and do something I love. So, and will there be a 2019 calendar, which is what I think half of your fan base want to know? <laughs> um, I would, uh, yeah, definitely. Okay, so they can look out for that one. So there's you... one every year. Yeah, it keeps everyone <laughs> happy. It works. So uh, the single, then give us all the uh, the details of how people can get hold of this. Uh, so the single is, I mean, it comes out uh, on pre-order on the 25th of this month. And then it goes out uh, officially on the 28th. Uh, until then, it's going to be, you know, uh, played on radio and, and, and on promotion and stuff like that all over my social media. Uh, so make sure you follow me on there. Uh, and it's it's Sam Callahan on Instagram, at Callahan Music on Twitter, and Facebook is Sam Callahan. So uh, then we'll get the little blue tick. So follow me on there. Um, yeah, and make sure when, uh, when it comes out, you, you go download. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. Sam, thank you for joining us. All right, thanks very much. See you later. Gotta be perfect What you're working for Cause in the end it's worth it We all gotta have flaws Don't matter about me I'm gon' cope Don't matter about me How far I go I used to sit and dream What I grow up to be Now playing back on memories On this JVC who is this broken picture of my former self? This man who sold his soul just to regain his wealth. Feels like I'm blind, trying to find Mars. I feel like a prisoner locked behind steel bars. 
Would you give me a helping hand if that's all I ask now? Would I really be me without my stitches and scars? in the cracks I don't have the answers I can't answer that I used to sit and dream what I grow up to be now playing back on memories on this JVC who is this broken picture of my former self this man who sold his soul just to regain his wealth feels like I'm blind trying to find Mars Feel like a prisoner locked behind steel bars Would you give me a helping hand if that's all I ask tonight? Would I really be made without my stitches and scars? Sam Callahan, Stitches and Scars. More from him a little bit later on. From the 9th to the 13th of October, South Stash Musical Theatre have top hats at Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre. I'm joined by two stars of the show, Harry Simkin and Fiona Winning. Hello. 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 So, uh, first of all, tell us a bit about your two characters. Uh, so, my character is Dale Tremont. Mm-hmm. She is very well brought up and has quite high standards, so doesn't want to go out with a married man, as she believes he is, but she does really fall for him and has a good heart. And my role is Jerry Travers, and he was portrayed by Fred Astaire. He's obviously a really classic role. He's a really fun role to take on with all the dancing, all the singing, all that. And it's a real representation of what a triple threat is. So, and and you know, this is what is required for this role. Yeah, and exactly. I've already seen some of the rehearsals. You two are doing it fantastically. Thank you. Uh, looking absolutely brilliant, and it's the moving that's important. Now, uh, dance background. Yeah, I've danced since the age of three. Um, ballet, tap, modern, everything. At tap, I think is obviously the most important thing for this show. Uh, I think it's amazing and more people should do it, really should. Harry? Um, I trained for three years at Italia Conti Performing Arts in London on a scholarship, so yeah, 
That was good. But you're also not unknown to be found uh, doing a bit of uh, more uh, yeah, sporting-wise as far as a bit of dancing goes in the ring as well, are you? Um, yeah, yeah, sometimes. Uh, my family has an MMA gym in Warsaw, so I train there every now and again. We've had to put it on hold a bit so I don't get injured. But, you can't yeah. break anything before the show. Yeah, definitely not. That, that wouldn't be the best. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, you've already said here, major plastic roles, a fantastic show. Uh, it, it's one of those that tours periodically as well, and I know you guys are going to set uh, you know, the equal standard to the touring production as well, because sad staff believes in doing these things right, otherwise mm. you just wouldn't do it. And uh, so rehearsals, are, I'm guessing, have been quite gruelling. Yeah, we've been rehearsing Mondays, Tuesdays, going into Sundays, but we've been putting in our own time as well mm. uh, outside of rehearsals because we just want to nail Fred and Ginger and do them justice. Absolutely. And with you know, roles like this, I mean, are there more senior family members who are rather impressed you're doing this as well? Yeah, I mean, my, my whole family, especially I think grandparents and stuff, because it's from that kind of era, like it's a bit more classic, yeah, not yeah. so much modern. It, so I feel like the really older members are really going to enjoy it much but, more. But great music as well and songs that absolutely everybody knows uh, putting on the Ritz mm. absolutely fantastic uh, Cheek to Cheek I've already seen you perform yeah. that is a phenomenal song and it must be great singing songs like that mm, I mean like classic songs written by Irving Berlin are like yeah. they're kind of like the epitome of music they're iconic and anybody that comes will know them so you don't have to worry about not knowing the show before you come mm. and favourite bits of the show for you two uh, my favourite bit is when we do our tap dance in the rain. Isn't this a lovely day? It's mm. just the most enjoyable and fun number to do. Yeah, it's really fun. I think you enjoy slapping me as well, don't you? A few times. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Get your own back for all the bits that you mess around. Yeah. 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 <laughs> times he's dropped you during some of the lifts. Yeah. Only mm -hmm. once. Twice, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so rehearsal's going great. It's going to be a fantastic show. Break a leg, as we have to say. But uh, anything else that you, you, you would add uh, at this point prior to the show? Any, anything really for the, for the audiences that are out there to come and see this? I'd say it's a really family-friendly show. Anyone could come. It's a really funny show, should, and it should leave you with a spring in the step when you leave a theatre. So really, yeah, carefree when you leave. I'll just say if you can come, come because it's going to be really enjoyable. It's obviously a family show, as you said, and everyone's going to really enjoy it. So it's been a great production to be a part of and a really big production to be a part of as well. So if you can come and watch it, come and watch it. Yeah, absolutely fantastic company. Southstaff Music Theatre doing great things. 9th through to the 13th of October, Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre. 01902 42921 the box office number, grandtheatre.co.uk to get your tickets online. We say break a leg, have a great time. We look forward to seeing you on stage. Thank, Thank you. Heaven. I'm in heaven, and my heart beats so that I can hardly speak. And I seem to find the happiness I seek when we're out together dancing cheek to cheek. Heaven, I'm in heaven. And the cares that hung around me through the week Seem to vanish like a gambler's lucky streak When we're out together dancing cheek to cheek Oh, I love to climb a mountain And to reach the highest peak But it doesn't thrill me half as much As dancing cheek to cheek Oh, I love to go out fishing in a river or a creek, but I don't enjoy it half as much as dancing cheek to cheek. Dance with me, I want my arms about you, my charm about you. 
will carry me through to heaven. I'm in heaven, and my heart beats so that I can hardly speak. And I seem to find the happiness I seek when we're out together dancing cheek to cheek. There you have it, Harry Simkin singing live as he danced when they were doing Cheek to Cheek. If you want to see the video of that, it is on my Facebook page, so nip along there and check that one out. Also on the Milk Bar's Facebook page too. The History of Magic Inside the Wizarding World of Harry Potter was a fantastic exhibition that took place at the British Library with over 150,000 tickets sold in its five-month run. There is now an accompanying audiobook. It's narrated by Natalie Dormer. To tell us more, from the British Library, I'm joined by curators of the exhibition, Dr Alexander Locke and Tanya Kirk. Hello. 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 So, uh, uh, number one, Harry Potter is loved by millions across the globe. And for those who weren't able to get to the exhibition, this is a brilliant way of experiencing the magic, but also some extra magic thrown in for good measure. Yeah, I think um, it it will be really brilliant for people who came to the exhibition but want to find out more about the objects because we're able to say quite a lot more in the audiobook than we were in just some kind of small labels that appear in the exhibition. I think you're underselling your labels there because these things are normally blooming amazing and the amount of work that goes into that is is already a big start. But it does give them the chance, as you say, to explore more and by by listening to it, uh, it can uh, bring it to life in a a different way, particularly when it's told by a top-quality actor, uh, Natalie Dormer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, Natalie was was brilliant throughout the whole process, but also there are exclusive interviews with people like Jim Kay, who's obviously the illustrator of many of the Harry Potter books, Stephen Fry is in there giving exclusive interviews. People like Jim Dale, who's also known as uh, one of the narrators. 
and uh, Olivia Lominick Gill, obviously, is the um, illustrator for the uh, Fantastic, Fantastic Beast. So, yeah, as a format, it, it allows us to, to share much more about, about the information because, you know, in the labels in the exhibition, you only have about 80 words, but when we can talk it through with, 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 with people and then describe the objects in, in, in greater detail, that's... Um, a really wonderful opportunity and hopefully listeners will enjoy the audio book. It's really nice as well because we were able to give a bit more of a personal reaction to objects that we really love which in the actual exhibition you have to just be totally professional and <laughs> and not say what you think about things so yeah it was a really fun process doing the audiobook. So are you both quite excited about Harry Potter generally because if, if, if you weren't going into the exhibition by the time you finished you must have been. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been a fan of Harry Potter since the first book came out in 1997, so it, it's been brilliant for me working on this. And it's been great exploring all of the stories behind the stories, if you see what I mean. All yeah, the... Absolutely. I mean, for me, I, I, I found it really exciting to uh, research the, the Harry Potter stories and just to find out how much real history actually is in there. So things like the Philosopher's Stone was, was actually a, a product or something that, alchemists were trying to find for, for centuries things like mandrakes mandrake roots people in in history did believe that they screamed when you when you pulled them up and we've got a range of manuscripts at the library demonstrating how to uproot these plants and and obviously we just displayed those in the exhibition and we talk about them in the book other things that really excited me were, were bazaar stones and then the history of bazaars which which is, is absolutely fascinating and even nicholas flamel who's a big figure in in, in the philosopher's stone he was a real character a real life person who lived in Paris in, in the early 15th century. So it was really exciting to, to get you know get to grips with the Harry Potter stories and with the history that's, that's under, underlying them. So J.K. Rowling obviously immersed herself in all of this to bring the books to life. And then when you know, people across the world have seen this in, in film and uh, also yeah, read the books as well and also enjoyed yeah, Stephen Fry and the likes narrating them too, it, it really is a, a great literary moment. And, and getting people to read can be quite a tricky subject to get onto these days. They, 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 the, the, the books are certainly not dying out, but it's not pushed in as many ways as it could be sometimes and this really does help to uh, en enliven people's uh, reading abilities. Yeah I, I remember when they were coming out and um, you saw all the kids queuing up at midnight and all the excitement that people felt and I can even remember uh, when I was a student sitting out in Covent Garden reading one of the books and it, it was the day after that it had come out and there were kind of groups of kids walking past me craning their necks because they were so excited to see a copy um I, I don't really remember a, a series of books doing anything like that for kids before so yeah it was just a, a really great moment I remember going into a, a bookshop on the, one of the days of release and I actually was not buying a Harry Potter book, I was buying something else. And uh, the, the, both the relief bit from the guys behind the counter as well as the amazement that I wasn't buying Harry Potter was, was there in equal <laughs> measure. But uh, still, I mean, it, it is magical to see that. And through this exhibition, you, you must have had some great feedback as it was there as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a best-selling British Library exhibition. Um, the visitors loved it we had at the at the end of the exhibition we had um a, a notice board where, where where visitors could leave their comments and, and they were almost universally uh really excited about harry potter about the exhibition about the objects they saw 
yeah, it was, it was really gratifying to, to see. So with this audiobook that is out there, as you say, there are loads of great interviews on there. Natalie Dormer, known for things like you know, Game of Thrones, uh, The Hunger Games. So, you know, it, it, it is a top-quality production. Audible are putting this out there. How do people find out more? Uh, they should just go to the Audible website and search for History of Magic, and they will find it. So History of Magic on audible.co.uk. You can get all the details there. The 4th of October is release date. And if there is one item in the exhibition for each of you, which would it be that you would want to take home with you? Oh, I would go for... Um, there is a, an enormous book that we have at the British Library called uh, The Birds of America by John James Audubon. And it was um, it's actually featured in a film that's coming out well I think it's out actually American Animals where people try to steal it but no one's stealing ours Um, it's a huge book that presents all the birds that um, native to North America life size and it's got a really really beautiful illustration of two snowy owls uh, that are we're in the exhibition to represent Harry's owl Hedwig so if that does go missing, then then we know that it's on your coffee table at home. That's cool. <laughs> it, it's like a metre and a half high, so I don't think it would fit on my coffee table. Maybe it would be your coffee table at home. Uh, <laughs> uh, for me, I think I'd, I'd like to take the Ripley Scroll, which is a six metre long 16th century alchemical scroll that tells you the secrets of making the Philosopher's Stone. And then with that, I'd have the elixir of eternal life and all the riches in all the world. And I could, um, yeah, do whatever I wanted afterwards. So. Well, dinner parties <laughs> at both of your places are going to be quite exciting, I think, after those uh, two items go missing. <laughs> However, give us the web address again where people can get their hands on this audiobook. So it's audible.co.uk forward slash history of magic. Well, from the British Library, Dr. Alexander Locke and Tanya Kirk, curators of the History of Magic exhibition, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Let's take another tune from the rehearsals of Top Hat from South Dash Musical Theatre Company. This time, a song I think you'll definitely recognise.
Great work from South Daft's Fab to see them in rehearsal and I'm very much looking forward to the show, which is on at the Grand from the 9th to the 13th of October. On the 4th of October at Wolverhampton's Arena Theatre, the intellectuals are along. I think I've got that right. To tell us more, we have Rob and Rich. Hello. Hello, Hello Jason. So explain what's going on then, because this is a whole weird comedy night. <laughs> well, hopefully, <laughs> weird comedy night. Um, it's improv games, basically, short form improv to give it its posh title, or uh -huh. a bit whose line is it anyway to give the title that most people would sort of understand. I think. Only of a certain age, although that is repeated endlessly on telly, I think, these days, isn't it? But, yeah. Uh, uh, improv is good fun. You can have some great nights. You can have some awful nights, but that's the audience's fault if they didn't suggest good stuff. Uh, yeah. But what can we not expect? Because we don't know what to expect yet, do we? Nothing's planned, so there's, <laughs> there's no script. All we have is a, a, a list of games, just improv theatre games that we'll play, and then all the scenes that we do will be based on things that the audience shout out. We'll get some suggestions for things to do, and we've just got to run with it and then wherever the night goes, it goes. It's um, generally a lot of fun. Which is good. So what sort of games do you enjoy playing? Um, I Well, there's, there's different types of improv games. One that always goes down well, or a type of game that goes down well, is a guessing game where one of the performers on stage is in the dark about something that the audience know and the rest of the performers know. For example, we have a game called The, um, the Mystic, or the medium, where the audience have decided that we're going to contact somebody from beyond the veil, somebody who's passed on, mm -hmm. and they have a, a very surprising confession that they're going to impart. The only problem is the performer is being the mystic, doesn't know who the celebrity is or what the secret is, so they have to try and work it out with very subtle prompts from the rest of the cast. So are you really looking for audiences who are prepared to turn up with some ideas in their head they wish to share? Uh, well, I guess, but they don't know the ideas are there until we ask for them, basically. We don't want them to have prepared anything. So They're lurking gonna... ideas. Lurking sure. ideas, things yeah. they don't know in their heads, basically. Yeah, that will probably work and do it. That all sounds good. So how, how long have you guys been working together and how many of you are there in the troupe? Troupe's a correct term, I think, isn't it? Troupe will do for us. Uh, Rob and I actually met doing improv. Mm -hmm. um, and did he look as bored then as he does now? <laughs> That's my listing phase. <laughs> Ah, right, he's, he's actually listening, which is quite good. OK, so, uh, pl plenty of ideas then. Uh, we're looking for that. Plenty of great games. And uh, uh, so you, I interrupted you saying how many, how, how long you'd all been working together. So I'll let you answer that question. I'll, I'll stop being rude to Rob. Uh, Rob and I actually met uh, at an improv gig. We were both on the, the list of performers and we'd never performed before. And we just hit it off creatively. Um, and then a few a few years ago, actually, Rob asked me if he if I wanted to do a show with him, put put together an improv group. And I said, yeah, I just started running a couple of youth improv workshops, and I just got the bug again. And then Rob happened to phone me up and say, do you want to put this together? So we ourselves, the two of us, started the Intellectuals, and we've got about four or five of the performers that whoever's available for each night will do some workshops, see who's who's up for shows, and then whoever can make it along the night, we bring them along. It's... So you, you kind of improv the cast as well as improving the material. I yeah, like that. Yeah, sure. Pretty much. We both have worked with uh, a couple of different groups around the Midlands. I was with a group called Foghorn Unscripted for a while. Mm -hmm. um, we met through doing stuff with WoW Impro, uh, who were based in Coventry. So we kind of met or, you know, 
worked with or at least seen a whole load of performers all over the UK, but particularly in the Midlands. So if we sort of want to get someone in, we know who the good people to ask are. Mm -hmm. And they've all said no, so we've ended up <laughs> with some other people. <laughs> But it's going to be a great night. Fantastic stuff down there. Um, and uh, it, obviously, people always assume you go into an improv night with some sets of gags in your head. But I, you know, you're not that contrived. You are completely winging it, aren't you? The only thing that we know is how is which games we're going to play. We have a set list of the games, basically. Um, and the format of the games. But other than that, the, the suggestions from the audience aren't prepared. We don't have any stooges in the audience or anything like that. Um, so pretty much anything can happen. And some of the games are so freeform. There's a thing called Scenes from a Hat, which we might do on the night, which literally the audience can write down whatever they want on a bit of paper. We'll pull them out of the hat partway through the show. And then whatever they've written will spark something, whether it's a scene or just a gag. Um, so it could be anything really at that point. Anything can happen. It is going to be a brilliant night of improv comedy. All takes place on the 4th of October at the Arena Theatre. Arena.wlv.ac.uk is the website, or 01902 321 to get your hands on tickets directly from the arena themselves. Uh, give us one last sell on the night. Come on, about a line from each of you. Improv something that's not funny, just saleable. <laughs> uh, improv is all about being having the confidence to go with the first thing that comes to the top of your head and if you're confident with that you you go with that you're listening to other people and just taking that on board so we'll listen to whatever suggestions you throw at us and anything that you bring on you'll get a chance to see something that you've written in a moment performed in a scene for you and I'll tell you a bit about some of the people we've got. So the intellectual shows are always Rich and I, uh, with, as you mentioned, a rotating cast of performers. And for the Wolverhampton show, we think that we're going to have Nathan Blythe, who is a very talented, um, what, like, proper actor. Ooh. who does plays and stuff. He's also very funny, but he's, like, great at characters and voices and stuff. And uh, Matt Dibbins, who's another really experienced improviser, who, again, we met through Wow Impro, who's just very funny and looks at the world in a completely different way to everybody else, which is great because <laughs> sometimes improv is about the obvious. And one of the important things I learned is, you know, if you, you feel to yourself, you're going to say something, but it's too obvious. Well, your obvious isn't the same as somebody else's. Which <laughs> so says the first thing that comes into your head can lead to some wonderful things. Sometimes. Anything could happen. So I've got to try it. Impro lecturals. That's it. I'm getting that right, which is good. Down there at the arena on the 4th of October, come and join them. They're going to be brilliant. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you, you, Jason. Thanks a lot for this week. Thank you so much for joining us back with episode 483 next week. I'll see you then for half an hour. Goodbye from the milk bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar, yeah.